Well, good morning. Uh, before I get started, I just want to uh, touch back on something we talked about last week. I had a few questions this week, and I want to make sure that we're on the same page with this. Um, last week, we talked about our access service opportunities, and we talked about the service projects that we had done the week before. And I had some questions of people saying, where's the list of activities that we, so we can get involved in it. And I'm thrilled that I've gotten some emails and that people want to be involved in it, and we want you to join us in those activities. Now, the goal is this last Saturday or the last weekend of July is when we will be doing the next round of our service projects. And so our goal is to have that list available to you next Sunday. And so we're working on that, but as the groups are planning it, the reason there's not a list right now is because we're still finalizing things, when they're going to happen, what exactly is going to happen, and hopefully next Sunday we'll have a list for you that you can look through, and if there's something that you want to dive in and be a part of, then please join us. And, and let me take that a step further. Some of you have emailed me with ideas, and that's awesome. And the goal of this is not that just the Access Summer Team would be serving and out in the community. The goal is that we would all catch that and we would all be serving our community. And so I just want to say this. If you want to do something, if you want to lead something, if you have an idea of how we can get out and serve and love our community, do it. Let's go. Come to me, share your ideas with us, and we'll make it available to people, but we want to be loving and serving our community. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Um, today we're, we're finishing up our series on freedom, our, our free series. And so before we get started, let me, I know we just prayed, but, but let me pray real quick with you. Father, I pray that, that this time, that this service, that this day would be about you, that this would be about your freedom. I pray that you would move in our lives. I pray that we would live in the freedom that you offer us, but it wouldn't be about us, it would be about you. And so, Father, today, as we study your word, as we, as we look into your word and, and as we get instruction from it, Lord, I pray that you would make us a people of freedom. I pray that you would transform our hearts. Help us to hear from you today, not from me, but from you. We love you, Lord, and we want to worship you today. Amen. So far in this series, we've had three weeks. It's not a good start. I'm already crying. <clears throat> so far in this series, we've had three weeks, and we started off by talking about the freedom that God, Christ offers us versus the bondage of living for ourselves. If you are living for selfish desires, the scripture in Galatians 5 said living for the flesh, if you are living for your own selfish desires, that will lead to destruction. But God offers us freedom, and, and this is... A novel concept, but that freedom is freely offered to us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to be good enough. God offers us freedom through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. However, we do have to choose to live in that freedom. 
Every day we have a choice whether we're going to live for ourselves or we're going to live in the freedom that Christ offers us and allow God's Spirit to live in us. And so that's what we talked about the second week, choosing to live in the Spirit. And then last week we talked about that if we are living in the Spirit, we will be a people of love and peace to others. We can't live in the Spirit and not love others. The end of chapter 5 in verse 22 said, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there, are no, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, the sinful, selfish nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep step in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And so, so this is what our lives should look like. This is what we talked about last week. Being a people of peace, being a people of love, being a people of patience and self-control. Well, today I want to talk about the next step in this. And I'm going to be using the word sowing a lot today. Today I want to talk about being a people that don't just live in freedom, but being a people that sow freedom, a people that want freedom for others, a people that are all about freedom. And so let's just start by me having some fun and painting a picture for you of what I mean by sowing. Okay, so uh, this week I, I got on Facebook and one of my friends from college had a really funny post and I'm going to share it with you. His post said this, at what point did I become fat? I mean, I'm looking for real answers, like the summer of 2013, or more specific, like that one night at Buffalo Wild Wings, or that party where I downed 107 pizza rolls, you know, something like that. At what point did that happen? Please feel free to express your thoughts without fear or blowback or recourse. I promise I won't even respond. And then he ends it with this. I have an affection for pizza rolls. I know that. But I need to know the moment. I thought this post was hilarious. And honestly, it kind of spoke to me a little bit, right? Uh, and he's saying, I want to know the moment that it happened, the moment that I lost control of, of my body and what I wanted my body to be like. I thought this was funny, but the truth is, the, what, the way our body functions, what, the way that our body is in shape or not in shape, the way we look has to do with what we sow. It's uh, July right now, right? And how, how many of you have already been on vacation? Okay. I, the Mahaffey family's going down to Destin at the end of July. And I love going to Destin. We spend all our time at the pool, and there's a beach there, but I really like the pool. And uh, Bob, Pastor Bob gets in the pool at like 7 a.m. or something like that. He gets up before anyone, and he's in the pool, and he's in there until, I mean, until he has to get out. And, and I mean, we love going to the pool. We love going to Destin. And so the end of July, we're going to go to Destin. But since we're going to Destin, that means something, right? That means it's time to get and beach body shape, right? I mean, the winters come and we, you know, we stay in our house and maybe, maybe we're not taking care of ourselves, but now, hey, it's time. I'm gonna be going to the beach soon. I'm gonna be in the pool all day. It's, it's time to get into shape. And, and, and I know that I talk about this a little bit too much, so you know it's an issue, right? 
But the struggle is real. And here's my problem. In order to do that, in order to get in beach body shape, I've got to sow good things. I've got to take care of myself. And so how am I going to do that? Well, I've determined that the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to become a runner. I'm going to run. I've always hated running. But, but about five years ago, I really got into running, and I got to the point where I was actually, this, some of you will be like, oh, that's nothing, but for me it's something, so don't judge. But I actually got to the point where a couple times a week, two or three times a week, I was running like my own little 5K around my neighborhood. And I was feeling good, and I was a, I was a runner. I didn't wear the short shorts. I didn't do any of that stuff, but I was a runner. And so I have determined that I'm going to become a runner again. And so over the past probably two months, I have gone out and I have run about once a week. (laughs) And it hasn't been going very well. But Wednesday, I was like, I'm going to get out and I'm going to run. And so my typical pattern now, I'm not in the best shape. So I go out and I start running and I usually get about a mile and then I'm like, I'm done. Maybe a mile and a quarter, at best a mile and a half, and then I'm done. But, but I want to get to the point where I'm running regularly. And so Wednesday night, I got out, and I went on a run. And I run in the cover of darkness, so nobody can see me. I like to run at that time. But I'm running on Wednesday, and I get out. And actually, Eli wanted to run with me, so it, it wasn't dark yet. I wouldn't take him running in the dark. But we walked for about a half mile, and then I sent Eli inside and said, it's time to get serious. And so I started running. And I ran my mile. And it was going pretty good. I wasn't hurting. I was feeling pretty good. So I stopped and I walked about a half mile. And and my path in my neighborhood, I've talked about this with you before, that my path is about a mile and a half to two miles into my run, there is this huge hill. And so I get this nice little break where I'm running down a hill. The problem is when you run down a hill, what happens? You have to come back up. And so the, the uphill there, it's always been like this beast that I had to conquer. And so I ran a mile on Wednesday night, and then I started walking, and then I decided, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to get that hill. And so I ran. I started running again. And, and I actually made it down the hill and back up the hill. And this might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. Be happy for me. Come on. Be excited. Yeah. If I can conquer that hill, I can do it, right? So I'm feeling all good about myself. I actually didn't stop at a mile, but I actually ran about almost two miles. And I was feeling good about myself. And I'm like, this is the start of it. Here we go. I'll take a night off. Friday night, I'm back at it. I'm running. Saturday, I'll be off. Maybe Sunday night, I get out and run again. And before long, whoo, beach body shape, right? (laughs) Problem is, it's Sunday, and uh, that, that hill was the last thing I ran. I haven't run since. And so the, the running thing has, has been a hard thing for me to get into. But if I want to get into shape, I've got to sow good things. I've got to take care of myself. The other thing I like to think about doing is dieting. I love to think about dieting. And about once a week, I think, I'm going to start a diet. And, and a few times, I've even started a diet. And I've done really well for about three or four days. But then, man food is really good. And, and it's starting to get sad because I went to the line here at church to eat something and they said, if we would have known you were coming, we would have got McDonald's. And I was like, I don't think I'm proud of that. But, um, but it's hard. And if we want to take care of ourselves, we have to sow good things. And honestly, if Megan says one more time to me, we need to start the 21-day fix, we're going to have problems. 
I don't want to do the 21-day fix. We can talk about it all we want. I don't want to do it. But if we want to take care of our body, we can't be all about pizza rolls and laziness. We can't be all about McDonald's and junk food. And so here's a saying. This might be what you walk away with today. I hope not. We can't be about the beach body while we're practicing the buffet body. And that's my problem. We can't be about the beach body while we're practicing the buffet body. Well, here's the thing. We've talked about for weeks that we can't live by the Spirit and be selfish. We can't live by the Spirit, live in the freedom that God offers us, but be all about ourselves. Just like you can't be all about the beach body, but be all about food and laziness, you can't be about living with the Spirit and be selfish. We have to sow good things. Chapter 5 said that, that the selfishness, the sinful flesh, and the spirit are in conflict with each other. So you can't do both. If we are truly free in the spirit, we will not only want to take care of ourselves, we will seek freedom for others as well. We will sow freedom. And so today, we're going to be talking about sowing freedom, not just taking care of your own freedom, not just taking care of yourself, but if we're truly going to be free in the Spirit, we have to be a people that seek freedom for others. Last week, we had a quote that said that when we are filled by Christ's Spirit, when we are filled by the Spirit, love will pour over, that we love out of the fullness of our heart. That's truth about freedom as well. If you are truly free, it's going to spill out and you're going to want others to be free. Think about it. When, when you get something cool, when you go through something cool, when, when you get some good food, what do you want to do? Well, you want to eat it, but you want to share it. I can't tell you how many times Megan and I will be eating dinner and she'll say, here, try a bite of this, it's amazing. When we have something good, we want to share it. And if we're going to truly be about living in the freedom that Christ has for us, we have to share it. It should spill out of us. Sometimes I'm afraid that we, we say, Jesus, it's not about me, it's about you, but thanks for that freedom. I'm going to go hide and live in it now, and I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to be happy with my freedom. And we bury it, and we hoard it. It's not about selfishness. If we're going to truly live in the Spirit, we can't live for ourselves. And so if we're going to truly live free, we have to be about giving freedom to others. If you realize it's not about you, it's about the glory of God, you're going to naturally want to glorify God by investing in others. Thomas Paine said this, he's one of our founding fathers, he said this, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it. This is one of our founding fathers. Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it. Do you understand what he's saying there? You can't be all about the freedom that this great country offers, but at the same time be taking freedom away from other people and not want freedom for everybody else. It's about freedom. Free, this, this great country is free. And, and we need to be all about freedom for others. And what Thomas Paine, one of our founding fathers, says is, you can't be about freedom for yourself, but not other people. If you're, if you're just about yourself, that freedom will deteriorate. 
And we've seen that, haven't we? So today I want to jump into chapter 6. And this is the beginning of chapter 6. It says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. They, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. And so let's trace through what we've been talking about for four weeks. Paul says that we are offered freedom and we have freedom in Christ. And then Paul says if we have freedom in Christ, we're going to look like the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about earlier. But now Paul says it's time to take that freedom and invest in others. If somebody else is not living in freedom, take care of them. Help them have freedom. It's not enough to seek freedom for ourselves. That's selfish. We have to be seeking freedom for others, building the kingdom. And so verse 1 says, if someone is caught in a sin. In other words, that freedom that we enjoy, if somebody else is caught in bondage, is not living in that freedom. It says that you should go and you should restore them. Now listen. I'm not giving you a license to just go look down at other people. I'm not giving you a license today to walk out and say, you, 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 there's something wrong with you. Get it right. But if one of our brothers or sisters is caught in the bondage of sinful, selfish desires, we need to be about giving freedom. We have to be a people of freedom and there's a key word in there. I didn't, I didn't say it earlier because I wanted to say it now. Gently restore each other. Gently. Don't you get the feeling that this isn't about beating someone down? It's about loving someone and picking someone up. And so it says, if somebody's caught in bondage, you should restore them gently. Now, now let's be clear. When it says if somebody's caught in bondage, it's, when it says when somebody's caught in sin... We're not talking about somebody just disagreeing with you. We're not talking about somebody having a different opinion than you. We're not talking about minor things that have nothing to do with anything, preferences or anything like that. What we're talking about is people that are living by sinful, selfish desires and are living in bondage. So don't get on a high horse and think it's just if anyone that doesn't agree with me needs to be restored. We're talking about bondage. Verse 2 says that we should carry each other's burdens. I think this is the perfect follow-up to verse 1. It says if someone's stuck in, in bondage, then you need to restore them. But the second part of it, the next step, you should carry each other's burdens. Think about that. Carry each other's burdens. If we're a people of freedom and we want freedom for each other, then restoring each other and giving each other freedom is not about putting each other down. It's about picking each other up. It's not about looking down on each other. It's about lifting each other up. And so it says, bear the burden. Think about this. When somebody's down on the ground, let's say a friend of yours falls and they're hurt, what do you do? Well, hopefully you don't laugh. Some of you might. 
Hopefully, you reach out and you pick them up. But guess what? In order to pick someone up, guess what has to happen? You have to bear some of the weight. You have to bear some of the burden. You may have to help someone up, and then you may have to put your arm around their shoulder or put their arm around your shoulder and carry them. When one of us has fallen, it's our job to restore each other. But we do that in love, and we carry each other's burdens. We help each other up. This isn't a legalistic, looking down thing. This is about loving and sowing freedom. And so we move on. Verses 3 to 5 are important here. They talk about the way that we look at ourselves. And at first, this seems to be contradicting each other. At first, it says, carry each other's burdens. And then it turns around and says, but each one should carry their own load. That seems a little contradictory, right? But this is a calling for us to care for each other, to lift each other up. And then the second part, to carry your own load, means this. You are responsible ultimately for what you choose. You have a church family all around you. You have a family in the kingdom of God that that is responsible to help you out when you're down. But you are responsible for what you choose. In the text, it says, don't look at yourself as something that you're not. Don't think of yourself too highly. Don't think that you're better than you are. Don't think that you're above other people. Don't think that you're above reproach. But look at yourself the way you are. In order for us to help each other, we have to understand who we are. We have to understand that the freedom and the grace that God offers us is not about our goodness or anything we've done. We've been given a free gift of freedom. So we need to freely give the gift of freedom, not from a a place of superiority or highness, but from a place of love and support. And so we see that, that God's not just calling us to a personal, selfish freedom, but to a life of sowing freedom. A life of loving each other. A life of helping each other out. God calls us not just to be free, but to be a people of freedom. Let me just stop here. I was going to do this later on, but let me stop here. This isn't in my notes, but this is important. There are people all around us that aren't living in freedom. There are people all around our community and your families all around us that are not living in freedom. And it is not okay for us as the church to hold ourselves up and and hoard our freedom and feel good about ourselves. We are called to be a people of freedom. And that means spreading freedom to those around us. We are called to be a people of freedom. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 goes on and says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, As we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those from the family of believers. The first part of this says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Now let's remember what we talked about last week, that Paul is writing this letter to the church in Galatia, and that they had had other false teachers come in and teach a gospel that wasn't 
the truth. And that gospel was this, that they could be good enough on their own, that they selfishly in themselves could earn God's love and God's freedom. Listen, today, there are some false gospels. And I want to be real specific when I'm talking today. Sometimes I'm pretty general, but today I want to be really specific. And and I'm not going to get all of them, but I want to name a few gospels that we can fall into that are wrong and are about ourselves. There's the prosperity gospel. This idea that that if you just do everything right, you're going to get rich and you're going to have everything you ever want and it's going to be perfect. You're going to be the richest person around. You're going to have a private jet. You're going to have the perfect house. Sometimes we can fall into this idea that if we just follow God and we're faithful with our life and with our money, then God's going to bless us with everything we ever wanted with our wildest dreams. That's about us. That's about me. That's not the gospel There's the works gospel. There's the idea. There's legalism. This still exists today. The same thing that Paul was writing to the church of Galatia about is still there today. That if we just are good enough, if we show up enough, if we wear the right clothes, if we say the right things, and maybe more importantly, don't say the wrong things, and we do the right things, we stay away from the wrong things, and we do the right things, that we can be good enough. But that's about us. That's selfish. Idolatry of the church, making the church about ourselves. This is probably the hardest one. It's really easy to make the church about yourself, to think that everything we do is about you and what you want. It's easy to come here and to worship God, but to really be caring about what you want and to make the church and make God into your preferences and and what you want. That's idolatry. That's about you. And then the fourth one, and there's a lot more than this, but the fourth one is what I would call halfway Christianity. That you can live whatever life you want. That you can be whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, and you can please yourself all you want, and you can still be living in the Spirit. And that's idolatry, that's a false gospel, that's about you, that's about what you want. And so I want to be really clear with you today when it says God cannot be mocked, God cannot be deceived. There are false doctrines and false things that are being taught in our, in our culture today. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the freedom that Jesus offers us, is about nothing other than God's work. It's about nothing other than pleasing God and worshiping God. It can't be selfish. If we are making freedom about us, It says we're going to reap what we sow. There's no shortcuts. There's no selfish way to get what you want and take care of yourself while living in the Spirit. I was thinking about this when it comes to weight loss. How often do things pop up on my Facebook feed or on the internet that say, just take this pill and you're going to drop the weight. You can eat whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Just take this pill, this right combination, and you're going to be in perfect shape. Maybe. Your insides are probably going to rot out. It's not real healthy. The truth is there's, there's no quick fix for taking care of yourself. There's no snapping your fingers. There's no easy potion to taking care of your body. And in the same way, there is no substitute for fully committing your life to Christ and living by the Spirit. There is no other way. 
The only way to have the freedom that Christ offers us is to fully commit our lives to the Spirit, to allow God to live through us and give us freedom. And saying that, that God cannot be mocked, there's no other, there, there's no quick fix. I want to say this, you, you might be able to fool other people. You might be able to fool your friends. You, you may be able to post things on social media that make you look Christian. You may be able to walk the walk and, and show up and look nice. And you may be able to say the right things. You can fool people. You can. But God cannot be mocked. God knows your heart. You can put on running shoes. You can put on the nice short shorts. You can wear a headband. You can wear the compression sleeves. And if you're not in shape and you walk out that door and you start running, within five minutes you're going to be down on your knees, breathing heavy and hurting. You can't fake it. God cannot be mocked. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. God knows your heart. There's no shortcut. There's no cheap way. Don't be fooled. God knows your heart. You can't fake freedom. You can't fake Christianity. You will reap what you sow. And that brings us to verses 9 and 10, and, and we're getting close to the end. But it says this, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong in the family of believers. The last couple of weeks have been an interesting couple of weeks for me. Uh, two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to General Assembly. And I graduated from Trevecca Nazarene University, and in my graduating class, there were, there were many um, pastoral candidates, people that were studying to be pastors. One of the hard things for me when I go to General Assembly is not seeing many of those people. One of the things that's hard for me when I get together with friends from high school and friends from college is that they're not where I thought they would be. My friends, the people that I care about, the people that I've walked alongside sometimes aren't where God calls them to be. A week ago, I got together with a lot of my friends, and, and we got together and, and had, a, had a fun time, but can I be really honest with you? I got a little bit discouraged because these friends that I had walked with for years these friends that I love and that I care about and that I've tried to invest in and that I've tried to pour my life into, many of them are living for selfish, sinful desires. And it's obvious. And that's going to lead to destruction. I became the young adult pastor here about nine years ago. One of the hardest things in ministry is watching people choose destruction, is wanting to make a difference, wanting to do right, but people choosing otherwise. I'll just be really honest with you. Last week, I, I got kind of discouraged. It was like I'm living in a different world than everyone else, and I just want so badly to make a difference and to do good things and to pour my life into them. Some of you might be right here with me today. 
Some of you might have family members that you've been praying for for years and years. Some of you might have family members that you go to family dinners and family functions and you try to tell them about God and you try to do the right thing and you try to sow freedom, but you're not seeing it. Some of you may have worked in a ministry whether it's a compassionate ministry or one in the church, and, and you've worked hard to try to make a difference in people's lives, but you don't see it happening. Some of you may have coworkers at work that are struggling, that, that are hurting, that are living broken lives, and you want nothing more than to pour your life into them and to give them this freedom, but you don't see it happening. Some of you have children that grew up knowing who God was, but they've strayed, and you pray for them, and you love them, and you want nothing more than for them to be right with God and to have freedom, but you don't see it happening. Maybe you're, you're trying to love someone, and you're trying to do what's right. Maybe you're in a relationship, and you're trying to sow freedom and love and hope, but it's not being reciprocated, and they seem to be tuning you out. You may not feel like you are reaping the good that you are sowing. God calls us to be a people of freedom, but sometimes we may not feel like we are reaping the good that we are sowing. But Paul instructs us this, don't grow weary. I needed to hear this last week. I got done with the weekend and I was kind of down and I got into the word to study and I needed to hear this, don't grow weary. Even if you feel like you're banging your head against the wall, even if you feel like you're wasting your time, even if you feel like you're being tuned out, don't grow weary. If you hang in there, if you sow good seeds, if you do the right thing, if you're a person that sows freedom, the text says the harvest is coming that's the good news today. The harvest is coming. God cannot be mocked, but if you sow good things, if you're a person of freedom, the harvest is coming. And those friends that I was with, and the ministries you're involved with, and your children, the harvest is coming. I can't tell you when it's going to happen. I can't tell you how it's going to happen. I can't tell you that it's going to happen. But I can tell you that God is working and God wants to ha the harvest more than we do. God wants freedom more than we do. And so it says, don't grow weary because the harvest is coming. It may not be in our time. We may not understand God's timing. But God will not forsake us. The harvest is coming. As we wrap up this series on freedom... We have a responsibility. You have a responsibility today. I hope that you're all living free. I hope that you're all living in the freedom that God offers us and that you feel it and life is great and you know that your Savior loves you and gives you everything you need. But we have a responsibility to take that love that God gives us, to take that freedom that God gives us, and to be a people of freedom for others. You have a responsibility to each other. Look around. Look around. Go ahead. Turn your heads. Look around. You have a responsibility to each other to be a people of freedom, to restore each other when you need restoring, to pick each other up. You also have a responsibility to the people outside the walls of this church. 
We have to be a church that's not about hoarding our freedom, but about giving our freedom. That's about loving the people around us. That's about giving freedom to others. Not to look down on others. Not to think we're better. But to lift each other up. Westchester. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that sows freedom. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many times I've got to hang out with people that aren't getting it. I don't care how long my kids struggle. I trust that God will bring the harvest. And I trust that if I do what's right, God will give me eternal life. And I've got everything I've ever needed. There's one more quote that I want to share. It's it's from a novelist named Robert Louis Stevenson. He said this. And I think it's appropriate for us today. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. Today, the calling is simple. We are called to sow freedom, not to get rewards, not to feel like everything's working out perfect. We are called to be a people that sow freedom. And so I ask you this week, I ask you today, I ask you moving forward to give the freedom that God gives you to others, to care for each other and lift each other up, I ask you to be a person of freedom. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this wonderful group of people that's gathered around us, and I thank you for the opportunity to worship you today, and I thank you for your freedom. I thank you that we don't have to live in bondage that we don't have to live in the struggle of our sinful, selfish desires, but that you offer us a better way. You offer us eternal life. You offer us freedom in you. But Lord, I pray this morning that you would call me to be a person that doesn't just take that, but to be a person that gives freedom, to be a person that's all about your kingdom and what you want to do in this earth, what you want to do in my community. I pray, Lord, for each and every one of us this morning that we would take that freedom that you've freely given us and we would pour it out to the people around us. Father, I pray for the people all around our community today. I pray for people that are living in bondage. I pray for our family members and our co-workers and our friends that are living in bondage. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be faithful, to be a people of freedom, a people of love. We give ourselves to you today. We offer everything we have to you because it's not about us. It's about you. We love you, Lord. Amen.